would say, so say goodbye to everything you ever knew before. And I'd understand if you went running out the door. And I'll keep you safe, and no harm will ever come to you, I swear. And I'll kill if they even dare. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you tonight, Boo? I'm doing really well, too. This is a beautiful day. Ah, sunny and warm. And, you know, for... Surprisingly. Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Michigan Murders and Music. Taking murders and Michigan music to a new level. Leaving you with a happy ending and on a good note. We have a few new listeners shout-outs this week. A for Anarchy. And anyone and everyone who has listened to us and given a damn, I appreciate all of the input. Kate, you are a young and strong woman. I love you. Thank you for giving me strength. Holly and Matt for the fantastic Rancid jersey. Yes, Holly and Matt. That stuff's so cool. Jersey and shorts from Rancid, which fits Mm -hmm. into... um, We're going on the road this next weekend. Yep, we're leaving Friday, going to Chicago. And we're doing it totally boot style and going out of Michigan. And we're going to do a story from the Tip Top Tap. Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about the Tip Top Tap Hotel, Gmail us or Facebook us. Rate us, follow us, click on all the appropriate social media things and just give us a good like. Real quick. Shout out to the very hardworking staff at 741 who has brought us loads of local music and not local music, but yeah, just god damn it, they're being gentrified. (laughs) It's a great place. And you know, they're going to disappear pretty soon because they got bought out. (laughs) They're putting the cunt back in country. Yeah, speaking of uh, cunts. Oh. There's explicit content. I'm a little pissed <laughs> off about that happening. It just makes me mad. Well, there should be more diversity happening, not less. Yeah. Yeah. It's less really is happening. Okay. We have an explicit warning content. Yes, we do. Explicit. Uh, you know what? Mary's going to say naughty words. I've already said naughty words. I know, but she's going to say them again. And just so that your children are aware... Yeah, children, you might have more than one child. So if your child and or children are listening to punk rock music and dumpster diving, that is not on us. You cannot blame me. Although, depending on how old your children are, if you know if they're hungry you know, and shit. they need to Could be a smart dive move. into a dumpster just to get some sustenance, then, you know. Did I mention we're going to see the interrupters? Oh. Yeah, characters. that's who we're going to see in Chicago mm-hmm. with Tim Armstrong, who is in Rancid. Yeah, okay, be fun. but I'm I'm sorry. I'm excited about that part because it's exciting. And the story we're about to cover is it's just difficult to hear. Yeah, there's you know when it takes place in the 1900s, there's a little bit of poking we can do. Right. There's not a lot of way to add comedy to this one. It was a tragedy. Children are involved. It is. If if it's hard for you to listen to something with kids dying, um, just don't do it. Also, it's been what, nearly 32 years since this story has happened, and we just had 
A very, very similar case happened Mm -hmm. five miles from where we live. Right. So we don't have adequate mental health care. The institutions have been shut down. You know, there's there's awareness all over the place, but... It doesn't you know, matter. Without, we all know. We both know from personal experience. Yeah, without like, proper care, these people are just going on. It doesn't even matter if you can get proper care. Sometimes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. and in this instance, the person chose to evade care. So then what do you do? There's, there's just no good ending. We'll talk about that more at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm I am kind of irritated that the shithole is still alive and he's just sitting in jail. Oh, people have done horrible things and they they just sit there in jail. Yeah. In prison, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. Huh. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, Doesn't he seem to stopped matter. taking meds and this happened, but that's okay. Here I'm sitting smiling now. Okay, boo. So we have Bartley James Dobbin. Prisoner 142195M. We're going to Muskegon, Michigan this week. Yeah. As a young man, Bart Dobbin was popular and active in school. And like many men in town, he went to work at a local foundry, Cannon Muskegon Corporation. They make vacuum alloy stuff. Do you know what that's all about? You know, I'm not really sure. I should probably know what that is. But apparently he started as a janitor there and worked his way up. Yep. He soon, soon. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. He soon moved into production, operating a huge vessel that purified and treated 10,000 pounds of molten iron at a time to produce various alloys. So it, it Jesus, 10,000 pounds. Yeah, that'd be a really hot job. Imagine how hot it would be to be around oh, 10,000 no. pounds of molten no. iron. Molten lava, basically. Mm-hmm. In 1983, marries his wife, whom he met at church. It was her second marriage. His first. first. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging about how many times people get married. I myself <laughs> may have been married once or three times. So at work, he wasn't disliked. He was a friendly, outgoing person. He was energetic and would ask the foreman for extra work when things were slow. He didn't he did. drink. Mm-hmm. He didn't smoke. He didn't swear. He was a goody-goody two-shoes. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he lived on Amity Street. That part, I'm sorry, I couldn't even say it out loud. I I started to giggle because I'm like, what the fuck, Amity Street? So he had a year-old baby when things started to get really weird and unravel in 1985. I was a freshman in high school. I was was one of the best years of my life. One day in September of that year, Dobin, Dobin, I'm going to say his name wrong every fucking time. Dobbin took his family on a careening 80-mile-per-hour drive down Twisting Road. Dude lost his mind. Tell me why. He said that because he felt God told him that our baby was in danger. Oh, so Mm -hmm. let's put him in more danger by being insane on the road. Yeah, driving down the backcountry wood Mm -hmm. roads. The police were called, and Dobbin was taken to the psychiatric unit of a local hospital. Yeah. There there were numerous occasions of psychoses recorded. One of them was that he thought he was having an affair with the entire band of KISS. His wife was <sighs> having an affair. Ah, yes. <laughs> he said that their bus was parked out in front of their house. Is that your van boot? Yeah, it wasn't KISS. It was, was that it you? It was me. I, I, yeah, I'm I was sorry. out there. Psychosis, I guess, I'm going to 
quick. We are not professionals, but um, oh, no. from what I understand, from what I read about him was he had a lot of paranoid schizophrenic type of actions when not on his meds Mm -hmm. that's the type of psychosis he would have these outlandish stories yeah he would frequently accuse his wife of cheating on him and she used her body language to signal other men yeah he said she used her body language to signal other men oh yeah so his family in the hospital waited for him to sign the authorized for him to be admitted into the psychiatric treatment, and Dobbin was afraid to sign. He told his co-worker that they could do anything to me. They could give me shock treatment. He had an open Bible on, on the bed like he was searching for an answer. Yeah, so he refused to sign. His wife petitioned to have him committed to the Kalamazoo Regional Psychiatric Hospital. One of the things she said mm-hmm. while trying to commit him to the hospital was that he had anointed the baby and things in the baby's room with olive oil. Yeah, and he covered all the house's windows and television with towels. Just weird. Hung diapers over the baby's pictures. That's kind of a little overboard. Yeah. A psychiatrist diagnosed Dobbin as schizophrenic who exhibited an over-religious preoccupation and who believed God is going to come soon and take care of things. You know, I know people that believe that. Oh, that I do aren't too. Psychopaths. No. Well, I mean, they might be in a weird way. Okay, he was prescribed psychotropic drugs. He was released from the hospital and he returned to work a quieter, more subdued person. Mm-hmm. His hospital stay was common knowledge at the foundry. Oh, it's, it's got a small be. town. Yeah, everyone talks. The eighties. This crazy. part's so fucking bullshit, but I understand it because we've both worked at a factory and mm-hmm. you still do. Oh, this is exactly how things are. So he, he came back He came back to work and people would slap notes on his back that said, kick me, I'm crazy. I can remember a co-worker doing that to me, Pat. Oh. He would put stupid ass notes on the back of my back. Oh. Yeah, because he was bored. Nice. You mean farty Pat? <laughs> yeah. Dobbins' co-worker said, <laughs> there's some people down there who have a lot of soul-searching to do now because things went haywire. Mm-hmm. Sometime in 1987, Dobbin joins the Emmanuel Fellowship Church with the leader, self-ordained pastor, Rude... I can't... I'm not going to say this name it's right Vaughan. either. Vaughn? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the 1980s, you didn't just get self-ordained like you do now. Now you just go online and you're like, boom. I'm a minister. Was that not a red flag to anybody? People are just looking for a leader of some sort, you know, <sighs> just anyone that they can look up to and listen to. Well, it worked. Yeah. Family and friends say that Dobbin's behavior, Dobbin's behavior, <laughs> God damn it, Dobbin's behavior became more erratic in the eight months after he joined this fundamentalist sect and stopped taking his medicine. Well, that's because Rude Vaughn said he needs to stop taking his medication and just look to the Lord for his, yeah. you know, answers and Healing. cures. Mm-hmm. Neighbor said Dobbin and his wife argued frequently and separated often. He became more fanatically religious, likening holiday celebration to pagan rite. I know people that do that also. <laughs> so family members called the police when he tried to break up an Easter egg hunt at one For point. For Christ's sake, okay, of all the holidays, time out. Easter's the most Christy besides Christmas. 
Hi, you know, Which actually has Christ in it. It's just about finding Easter eggs. What the heck? The kids are... Not to this guy. No, it's not It's about to him. the Lord re-arising. 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 He's arising again. Coming back up, and it's Easter. So, Easter time, 1987, Dobbin's wife filed for divorce. While the matter was pending, Mrs. Dobbin won a court order in June to keep her husband away from the children and their home. Six days later, Muskegon County Circuit Judge Ronald Panucci found Dobbin guilty of contempt for violating the order. The judge waived the 45-day jail sentence after Dobbin promised he would continue to take his calming meds. Doesn't that crack you up? Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I promise, it's Judge. It's sick and wrong, but it's at I the promise. same time, it's like, hey, man, I promise to smoke my weed while I'm out and be calm. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll see you later then, dude. So Next. We don't want to come in Sorry, after judge. the fact and say, I wish I could have done something to prevent Dobbin from hurting somebody, the judge warned Dobbin. Hmm. Well, maybe you, judge, should not you have waived the sentence. should have maybe looked into this guy's eyes just a little bit further and seen that he's evil mm-hmm. AF. So for some reason, the two reunited for the holidays. I kind of get that. When you... You have kids. Yeah. yeah. You break up, and when you first break up, that first year is fucking awkward and stupid as fuck. I've been there. I know it sucks. They were going to go to her family's Christmas party. Mm -hmm. It's Thanksgiving Day, right? Yep. In the morning. Yeah. Dobbin went to the home of a fellow employee. Wait, let's back that up then. Oh, here we go. So the two... United, we know that. Uh-huh. Shortly after midnight and Thanksgiving, I guess it would be morning or whatever, but it's midnight on Wednesday. Dobbin went to a home of a fellow employee. The two discussed religion and read scriptures, focusing in particular on God's trial of men by fire. Dobbin did not leave his friend's house until nearly 4 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning. So he had been there from like midnight till four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Must have been pretty intense for those two. In that time, he had become convinced that Judgment Day was coming and that his children were going to die because God would kill Jezebel's children. Uh huh. So his obsession about the fate of missing children had so intensified that he believed the children were being burned at his foundry. He, he yeah. seriously believed that. <clears throat> yeah, he was convinced that. There was a conspiracy it had developed, and he had informed his friend. Of his suspicions about the burnings. Yeah. And fearing the fate of his own children at the hands of these conspirators, which is so oxymoronic. Instead of doing something about it, Dobbin decides he would kill his own children at the foundry. So he'd be gentle with them. Take note. This is the really bad part. Okay, so it's Thanksgiving morning. Mm-hmm. Right? He decides... Eh, I, you know, I've heard this has been happening, and instead of letting whoever is in this small town, Muskegon, yeah, burn my kids, I'm going to burn my kids you myself. you got to burn your own. You know, I'm not going to move. If they're going to get burned, you might as well do it yourself, right? I'm not going to move out of town uh-uh. or any such nah, thing. don't protect them. In oh, way. fuck. Just burn them. Who, they're going to get would, burned anyway. Who would, jeez. Dude's insane. God, what the hell? It's Thanksgiving Day, November 26, 1987, and it's just before 4 p.m. 
Mm-hmm. We know that he didn't get home till 4 a.m. Who knows if he got any sleep? Probably not because he's seriously so in a psychosis mode. And yeah, now it's 4 p.m. He's got his wife and his two kids in the car. His wife is pregnant. And they decide to swing by his workplace at the Cannon Muskegon Corporation on Lincoln Street in Norton Shores. Norton Shores is basically an offshoot to Muskegon. Yeah. Uh, offshoot? Yeah, I don't know. Don't they call that a suburb? Sub- I don't know. Suburb? Subdivision? It's all the same general area. Still there to this day. Yep. So, he's heading to the family party. He's got his pregnant wife and son. Their ages were two years old and 15 months Just old. babies. Like two and one, basically. Yeah, little kids. Yeah. And little. he just, he told his wife he had to get his Bible from work. Mm. Which is weird to me because if he was such a Bible toter, he wouldn't have forgotten it at work. No. He's off his meds and we don't, everybody's different. Yeah. So who knows? This part is weird to me though. The kids are, what I say, two years old and 15 months. Mm-hmm. So two and one. And he wants to give them a tour of where he works. Right. They're, it's not like they're 10 and 12. Like, oh, look, son, this is how we make you know what? iron molten lava. Like, that would be different. If, if my dad did that with me when I was a kid, I'd think it was fantastic. I know it's a little too young to really remember. At age two? Yeah. You're not going to remember nah, it at all. probably not. So the foundry was closed for the holidays, but security guards let him in, despite the rules. They're like, Of course yeah, not. It's yeah, small okay. town. Yeah, go get your Bible, you, uh-huh. you weirdo. Bible thumper. <laughs> he then purposely placed his own children in the ladle and played with them as though it was a sandbox. Mm-hmm. After placing the lid on the ladle. Making sure they're all happy runner. before, oh, yeah. before yeah, he fun. puts the motherfucking lid on top of them. Turns yep. on the gas Burner heated up, heated up to thirteen hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. Boot. The coroner says that the the fucking baby is asphyxiated quickly. Well, they they probably did. I don't know, but you know, I can't even. What do you know about cremation? Uh, well, I, I used to work at a, a crematory. It was sixteen hundred degrees. A crematorium. Uh. So, you know, you, you'd run what? the crematories for, at, at 1,600 degrees, and it, it would take, you know, a couple of hours. To, to dispose of one body? Yeah. And even still, sometimes were there it, teeth there, left we, or... Oh, yeah, bones. Let's clarify, you didn't do human bodies. No, it was a... Uh, but it was still. For animals, but Okay, so this guy puts thing, his kids... In a huge ladle that we know could hold up to 10,000 pounds of molten iron. Mm. He puts them in the fucking ladle and he heats it to 1,300 degrees. Mm -hmm. He goes back to the entrance gate and his wife is like, where are the kids? And he just said, I put them in the furnace. Yeah. He then asked the security guard to turn off the furnace. Fuck you very much. Um, go turn the furnace. Don't make an innocent guy who let you in. Dude, this is horrible. Off, Every way you slice it. He's off duty. He's, I'm not off duty, but he just bent the rules to let you in there, and then you murder your goddamn kids in there. Yeah, yeah. And then right. you go say, hey, go shut the gas off on my burning kids. Yeah, please. Thank I'm sure you. it smells great. 
Yeah. Go oh. on in there. It's like a barbecue. What Go the enjoy. fuck? No, that's I, crazy. I'm, I'm sure I'm, even to this day, people oh. walk around and look at that thing and be like, oh, my God, kids How were killed. How could you not? And I'd be thinking it every day. don't have a lot of places to work in some of these towns, so right. how can you not? It's it's mm-hmm. goddamn nuts. Crazy. He was arrested that day for the deaths of his two children. I watched a video for the company. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing, oh. but... They kept. They were it, like showing all, all this yeah. molten lava being poured, and I. Oh. The place has to be haunted. Later, Davin says that it was Vaughn who put the idea of soul cleansing by fire into his head, but it wasn't Vaughn he visited the night before to mm. preach Bible stuff. So you can't blame Vaughn about it. Sorry. Mm-mm. Brood Vaughn, he had actually persuaded Dobin to reconcile with his wife after the divorce junction was issued. Vaughn said he believes that he and members of his church sect are being wrongly blamed for Dobin's religious it's preoccupation. Dobin. God damn it, Dobin. <laughs> Isn't it Dobin and it's Harry Dobin. Potter? I don't know. Maybe I, I think I'm thinking of him, that cute little elf in Harry Potter. So Dobbin's mother said that he had been doing very well, staying on his medications until he became involved with the Emmanuel Fellowship. Needless to say, he was a religious fanatic before he joined Rude's church. I'm pretty sure that the church didn't push him over the edge. Yeah, I'm thinking he already was, uh, yeah, he was very preoccupied teetering. with it. Yep. <laughs> he was already on the teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. Took nearly two years to bring Dobbin to trial as he was found... Two mis- years? Yeah. That's, a, that's crazy itself. <laughs> he walked up and said, my kids are in the furnace, please go shut it off. It, but, so it took two years to bring him... Yeah, because he was yeah. ruled mentally insane, not mentally insane. So incompetent, what? competent, competent, incompetent. He still killed two kids. Yeah, fuck that. Two years of our money. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. He went through the years of trial bullshit, the insanity pleas, the appeals, all the crap that we all know about. <laughs> the sole issue before the jury was whether the defendant was legally insane on that fateful Thanksgiving Day, November 27th, 1987. Yeah, so basically they couldn't really from what i understand they couldn't bring in prior information it was just that day right bullshit that's not fair either no it's it's not i understand how the courts work and that's probably a good thing for a lot of people but in this case it it's just ridiculous so in august of 1989 susan dobbin and mary alice dobbin wait yeah you know what before happened his Remember, his wife was pregnant when they pulled up to the foundry. Yeah, and she gave birth to a child in July of 1988. I'm, I'm the third child. Yep. Yeah, I don't. He was in jail. I'm assuming that he has seen the kid because she forgave him right away. (sighs) She wanted forgave him. Daddy to be there for the. She was, she's Christian, and I, you know, I kind of get it because of the psychosis part, but... I don't know, she might have You a killed my babies. You killed my babies. I'm sorry, that's yeah, a no lot. Worries. That's a lot get away from me, go to forgive. Away 
Then in August 1989, the wife Mm -hmm. and her mom appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show, which I could not find anywhere online. They may have pulled it down. I don't know. Maybe it's all bullshit. It was all supposed to be for better understanding and treatment of mental illness. Mary Alice and her husband, David Dobbin, became advocates. That's the dad. Yeah, became advocates for families of those with mental illness and were members of the State Alliance for the Mentally Ill. Mm-hmm. <sighs> At first, supportive of her husband, Ms. Susan Dobin. It's Dobbin! God <laughs> damn it! I told you. I have it written all over in different ways around me, and I still can't do it. She finally divorced him in 1992. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. It happened in 87. I don't know what she was waiting for. So in 1992, the Supreme Court upheld Dobbins. I'm doing Cedar Springs math over here. That's four years before she decided to divorce him. I did. Four years, because I'm missing fingers and teeth. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, apparently in 1992, the Michigan Supreme Court did up, uphold the uh, uh, first two-degree murder convictions. Yep. Yep. Today, Dobbin is 57 years old, is serving two life sentences at the Richard A. Handelin Correctional, <laughs> Correctional Facility, a low-security-level facility in Ionia, just up the road pretty much. He's an exemplary inmate, of course, because now they're forcing him to take his drugs. Oh, of course. No, I don't think you should have that option. I think you should be dead. Why'd you I'm write no sorry. shit, Holmes? Because once you're medicated, the effects of my brother's schizophrenia is non-existent, his brother said. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, ass face. Why didn't somebody crush it up and put it into his drinks or something? It seems to get your blood boiling a it little bit. It does, because there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. You can't make somebody take their medication. Oh, hey, this will get your blood boiling. Great. Prisoners Great. are provided on-site medical and dental care. Emergencies can be referred to a local hospital. And more serious problems, like anal tears are treated at the department's Dwayne L. Waters Health Center in Jackson. You know what? What? I get fucked every time I go to the doctor. Oh, yeah. With a bill. Oh, yeah. A big bill. Yeah. This ass... I'm working... I'm working... You're you're working... All this shit's happening. Yeah. No, I... mm Mm-hmm. No, I got to pay cash for my fucking mental Mm -hmm. shit to make sure I don't kill people. But this guy... (laughs) He doesn't have to pay cash. I'm paying his fucking mental bill. So there we have it. It's the horrible. The murder of two innocent babies. Similarly, uh, there was a quick blurb about this. On, um, oh, let's hear it. I listened to Nancy Grace. Okay. Shh, that's a closet admission. We kind of talked about it earlier. The woman who lived by us was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. She checked her children out of school. Went home about a mile away from her house. She shot her children, put them back in the car. Dude, this was last month. Drove, yeah, drove to her house and then shot herself. Horrible, awful. Mm. She was diagnosed with this. You know, it just goes to show that was 87 and now we're in 2019 and 
I, I just don't know if there's a way. I don't think it's possible. Some, something I has to happen. I don't think there's a way. If you do institutions, that doesn't work. We've seen um, the psychos that work at institutions. Right, it, right. Yeah, it, there's there's got to be something, some answer. I don't, I don't know, know what, what the answer is. You can't make somebody take meds. You can't make someone stop taking drugs. You can't make someone right. stop drinking or stop smoking. Yep. You can't make anybody do anything they don't want to fucking do. It's a rough oh, it's, fucking one. It's it rough. It really is. All the way around, it's rough. And then people get killed. Just don't take your goddamn babies. For fuck's sakes, they've got nothing to do with this. Thinking and talking about death need not be morbid. They may be quite the opposite. Ignorance and fear of death overshadow life, while knowing and accepting death erases the shadow. Lily Pincus. We know death is going to come. We know there's mental illness out there. We know people who, if they don't take their meds, are fucked up. I'm one of them. If I'm not on my meds, I'm fucked up in the head. Just try to help whoever you live with in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, just point people in the right direction. Do what you can. That's uh, I think or it takes, a useful direction. I think it's going to take right more of that, that yeah. neighborly, old-school love kind of thing than any government program or anything. We just need yeah. family to step up. We need friends to step up. I don't know. I, uh, that's all I can think of that yeah. would help is... Yeah. And if you step up and it still happens, that's not on you. You stepped up and you were there. You got to try. Yep. Leave us with a happy ending tonight, Senior oh, Boo. Tonight we have a fantastic band. They're out of the east side of the state, Pontiac area. Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, these guys are fantastic. Okay, so we have Pancho Villa's skull. These guys, two. it's crazy. It's two, two individuals. Brothers. They, uh, they're influenced by punk and ska. So they they describe their music as punk infused mariachi, just real, very aggressive. Hey Boo, if someone doesn't know what mariachi music is, how would you describe it? It's kind of hard to describe because there's several different ways of putting together a mariachi band or okay. mariachi. Mariachi. Uh, yeah. It can be simply a guitar and a percussionist. It can be up to ten people in the band. Yeah, trumpets yeah. including a harp, trumpet. And drums, all the, all the uh, one of those weird big bass. Really cool. Those little tiny ukulele-like things. Guitars. Yeah, ukulele thing. But yeah, usually, actually, not usually. It's always entertaining. Totally. Just fun to listen to. The members of, of Pancho Villa's Skull are Tino Ibarra. I hope I'm the, I'm pronouncing that right, you guys. And Rolando Ibarra is on percussion and background vocals. They're brothers. Tino actually started the band. He's lived in Pontiac his whole life. Uh He actually started in a couple of punk bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which bands were those? Well, he was influenced by Flagging Molly and the Google Bardellos, and they have played frequently at places in Detroit. Uh, You still didn't answer my question. What would you like to know? He played with some bands, punk rock bands. Yeah, from the Pontiac area. He played with Rebels Amongst Rebels. And he also played with Take a Hint. We listened to a good 10, 15 songs of them. It just makes your hips want to move. Oh, these guys are fantastic. They've played at places in the Detroit area, such as the Trumbull Plaque. I'm not sure where that is. It's in Detroit. Me neither. Uh, the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor. I do know where that and is. And they've played around Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, these guys are fantastic. High energy, really high energy. You feel, if you're not seeing them, you feel like there's three to five people in the band. Oh yeah, and it's just two of them. He's a very creative and energetic dude. Just great stuff. Both those guys. The minute I listen to it, I just want to get up and dance. Just it's fantastic. It grabs you by the seat of your pants. I want to have a beautiful dress on. Uh-huh. Long, sometime, maybe short, and, and or be naked. Clapping. Yeah, and it also <laughs> makes me really want to follow through on a dream that I've had for a long time and just... Oh, I, no. I have no follow-through <laughs> of any that? sort. Is to learn how to speak oh, the Spanish. language. Yeah, I know. Because it's... I We know ten words that they're saying, but it's the most beautiful, energizing, amazing music, and it's punk yeah. rock. And it's fan-fucking-tastic. You guys can find them on Bandcamp. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on YouTube. If you can Google it, you can find them. Oh, yeah. Pancho Villa's Skull. Yeah, we're going to leave you with Pancho Villa's Skull. And this song is called Injustica. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Mm -hmm.